This morning's scripture is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while, and when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Did you know that some of the first century followers of Jesus grew very discouraged because of the non-response to the gospel of Christ that they'd been sharing? You know, we almost always talk about the successes of the early church. We almost always talk about the miracles and the great things that occurred, but we forget that they also experienced discouragement. By the time Matthew was putting together his gospel, the church had been in existence long enough that people were bewildered. Why aren't folks responding to Christ and his message the way we have? Why hasn't the preaching and teaching and sharing of the gospel been effective? And why do some people seem enthused about it at first and then just walk away from it? These were discouraging times for them. And they were struggling with that. And so at the very heart of Matthew's gospel, he arranges uh, his teaching material uh, to clearly set forth this teaching, this parable of Jesus from Matthew 13. It's the parable of the sower. It's the parable of the seed. It's the parable of the soils. You've heard it called all three of those. And all three of those are factors in the story. The heart of the story is Jesus is telling us to keep sowing the gospel and not be discouraged. Now, 
you get discouraged sometimes when you think about the non-success of gospel sowing, don't you? I mean, we think today about the COVID-19 pandemic, what it's done to the church everywhere in the world, how it's limited us, how it's changed the way we do things, and we wonder what the future of the church is. I mean, to be really honest, even before the pandemic, uh, people were plenty preoccupied with things other than the church. People were sometimes hostile to the gospel, or maybe worst of all, just indifferent. People just don't seem to have time or care, and we struggle with that. I know many of you have loved ones for whom you have prayed for years and years that that person might come to experience the love of God and, and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you wonder why, why it isn't happening. These are all important questions and very real struggles. And at the heart of this parable is the message of encouragement from Jesus that the word has power and the word will work, but in mysterious ways. Now, the word has power. There's something very, very telling about Jesus' uh, choice of illustrations because seeds have life in them. If you ever stop to think about how miraculous it is that a tiny little seed can go into the ground and die and then a big tall corn stalk comes up or a, a beautiful plant comes forth. It, it's just amazing the life that's in a seed. For some reason this summer, I've been doing a lot of reading about the London Blitz uh, when the Nazi Air Force was bombing the city of London in 1940 uh, during World War II. On one particular night, the raid was coming fast and furious, and the bombs fell on London Natural History Museum. And it just devastated those buildings. And the firemen came with hoses. They were dousing the fire. And little known to anyone at the time, the water had an amazing effect on some seeds in the museum. Tiny mimosa seeds were there, and they germinated, and they began to sprout tiny mimosa trees. And the historians at the museum testified that those seeds were 147 years old. Think about it. The power and the life that's in a seed. And Jesus wants us to know that the gospel, the good news, the word of God has life in it. It has power in it to work in hearts, to bury itself in hearts, and to begin to sprout and to grow forth. So one of the things we notice in this parable is that the seed is always the same in all four examples that Jesus gives. The sower is always the same, same person sowing, same seed being sown. The one variable in the story is the soil. Jesus outlines it very simply. 
in verse 4. It's hard soil that's packed. In verse 5, it's rocky soil. Very thin layer of soil because of the rock. And in verse 7, it's weed-infested soil. Thorns and thickets suck all of the nutrition out of the soil. And finally, in verse 8, the soil is rich and fertile and bears forth fruitfully. Jesus is making it clear to us that really at the heart of the gospel work, when there's rejection of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's not really an intellectual problem. Oh, sure, people have to understand the basics of God's love and what Christ has done for them. But beyond that, it's not really an intellectual problem. It's a spiritual problem. It's a heart issue. Whether or not the person's heart, the soil of one's inner being, is ready to receive and respond to God's word. How do you know if the soil of your own heart is ready to receive God's word. Well, your life is going to be at a point of need. You're going to be recognizing your lack. You're going to be restless and wanting something more than what's in your life. And you're going to be ready and open to God's power because you can't do it in your own strength. You're going to be suddenly moved and touched by the love of God, that God would love you just as you are. And yet you'll begin to have a hunger to change and to experience the new. And the Holy Spirit will be tugging at you in some way or fashion. There are just many ways that we can know when a heart is fertile and ready for God's word. But also implied in this beautiful story of Jesus is the whole concept of germination. Any farmer or gardener knows that the time of germination is critical. There's a, there's a point at which when you plant the seed and it disappears into the ground, there's a time when nothing happens. No evidence, uh, nothing to show for it. It's just a time of silence and waiting. And in farming or gardening, it can seem like a long time. And in real life, when it comes to sowing the gospel, it can be a long, long time. We have to trust the seed and we have to trust God to get the soil ready. Some of us were privileged uh, after the fall of the Iron Curtain in the early 1990s to travel to Eastern Europe and to experience the wonderful church of that day and time. These believers had been uh, worshiping in a clandestine fashion for decades under communist rule. But they had continued to pray for revival. They had continued to preach the gospel and share Christ to sow the seed. But for decades, they didn't see any fruit. And then when communism fell and the churches were set free, the churches were burgeoning. They were bursting at the seams. And I was privileged to hear the leader of the Belarusian Baptist group say one day that now that they were free to preach the gospel, 
They were going to evangelize and plant churches without fear of consequences, he said, because we know the power of God's word. They had sown faithfully and they had waited during long, long seasons of germination. Many years ago, uh, I was driving to the office here and uh, I was struggling. Uh, it was a Monday morning and uh, I was not feeling on top of things. Already that morning, I'd had a, a disagreement with a store clerk. It had been a very unpleasant encounter, sort of just clouded my whole morning. Uh, I was dealing with uh, conflicts here in the church. I was feeling like everything was just sort of surrounding me and feeling pretty low. And then the phone rang. And the voice on the other end said, Pastor Doyle, this is Tim, and he gave his last name. He had been in my church uh, about 25 years earlier. He'd been a part of the older children's group and then a part of the youth group. And as he started talking, he said, uh, this is Tim, and I don't know if you remember me. And I thought to myself, though I didn't say out loud, do I remember you? How could I forget you? You were one of the biggest brats in the youth group I had ever had. I'm glad I didn't say that. Because Tim went on to say, you know, I just wanted to call today and thank you for being patient with me and thank you for loving me and thank you for spending time with me. And then he said, today I just wanted to call and tell you I'm glad I'm a Christian. May we never ever give up sowing gospel seed. We need to sow it extravagantly intentionally and faithfully because we never know what's going to take root. We never know whose soil, heart soil, may be ready. And places we think might take root never happens. And other places where we sow, we're amazed and surprised. But we can never give up. We need to just be busy sharing Christ, sowing gospel seed, and then leave the results to God. Do our part, and then let God do all of that miracle business. Let God do all of that life-changing stuff and watch Him work. Let's pray. Lord, we are so thankful that you allow us to be in on gospel work. Keep us faithful and open our hearts daily that we might be fertile ground for your work within us. Through Christ I pray, amen.